Awesome. Well, listen, uh, glad you're here tonight. Um, I'm excited to close out this series. Uh, we've been talking about whispers, how to hear the voice of God. And um, I'm just as excited, uh, to be honest, about the series started next week as well, still loading. I heard a couple of you guys got tricked for a second. They're like, oh, this is crazy. This is, what is, what is that? Um, but I, I'm passionate about it because I really feel like uh, this generation of people need to understand uh, that living a life with God is so much more than just a decision. A moment in time where I say yes to Jesus, and as long as I pray the prayer hard enough, good enough, and loud enough, then all of a sudden, boom, I'm a Christian. I'm going to be just like Jesus, and everything's going to be okay, which is okay until you make that first mistake. And you make that first mistake, and you're like, well, now I'm confused. I thought I was a new creation, right? I thought I was supposed to be brand new. Why am I still making the same old mistakes? Right, but looking like Jesus is not a moment. It's, it's a journey, right? We, we stress this a lot. It's progress over a moment of perfection, and we want to talk about what that journey looks like, and we're going to do it starting next week. We're excited about it. It's going to be great. Uh, really quick, J.D. said um, you can join a group tonight, and you can. Listen, it's very easy to get involved here. Some people are like, Pastor Jerry, I just want to know what to do. It's, it's super simple. The easiest way for you to jump into a group uh, tonight, if you're not already signed up for a group, is like he said, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says connect on it. Everybody look back at Jake. Jake, wave at him. Say hello. Okay. Right next to Hey, be our, uh, yes, our airport flight attendant, right? If you fill out a card and it's like, yo, I want to join a group, make sure your phone number and email is on it. Check groups, drop it in that slot. And our group's uh, director will call you this week Try to match up a group that fits your schedule, what you're looking for. It's a perfect way to jump into community. More importantly, is how you get involved here um, at VIEW. So make sure you do that. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. Uh, but let's jump into tonight. Um, anybody else excited to close this series out uh, tonight? Anybody else excited? Nobody? Um, that was a trick question. It's been so good. Who wants to end it, right? Okay. Um, no, but last week and, and the, the previous weeks, we were talking about what it means to hear God's voice. And we said that uh, the very first week, we were like, man, God speaks in all kinds of different ways, but oftentimes it's a whisper. We even talked about sometimes our issue is uh, the noise in our life is so loud, we can't seem to hear the voice of God. And then last week, we talked about all of the nonverbal ways that God communicates to us, right? Anybody remember that from last week? We talked about uh, really what we're saying when we want to hear the voice of God. What we're actually saying is that we want to know if God's real. Like, we want him to show up and, and, and speak, but what we're really saying is like, yo, God, just, just let us know that you're here. Let us know that this conversation is not one-sided. And we explored what it looked like when God spoke to us. And I felt like it, it made some things clear uh, for so many of us. But tonight, I want to end this series in maybe a slightly different way. Last week, we talked about what it meant to hear all the multiple ways that God speaks to us. Tonight, and we're going to close just like this, we're going to talk about what our role is in this conversation with God. We explored what it meant to to hear God communicate tonight, I want to explore the appropriate ways we as humans 
respond to God. Any healthy conversation involves a call and a response, right? It involves the initiation of something. I'm going to start a conversation, but it also involves, if it's indeed a healthy, balanced conversation, it will, uh, it will have a response to the initial call. Tonight, I want to talk about what that response looks like. So last week, we titled uh, this, the message, Listen. We're going to close tonight with Respond. So we listen tonight. Let me show you how we respond. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We ask that in the few moments that we have, God, I, I just pray that you open some eyes. Pray that you open some eyes and you touch some hearts. And Father, like we said a, a second ago, man, this is a journey. I pray that somebody in here takes steps grows a little bit closer to you. Jesus, we love you so much. We're so passionate about who you are. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. It's in your hand we pray. And everybody said, amen. Uh, anybody have a friend in here? If they're in here, don't point at them, okay? Don't be a hater, right? Uh, but th- does anybody in here have a friend or know somebody who's just the worst texter of all time? Like, like, yeah, right? Some people are like, oh, that's me, okay? But you know what I'm talking about? Like, like you're trying to hang and you want to spend time and, like, you're like, I feel like when we're together, the chemistry is popping. Like, we're like bros for life. This is crazy. I just love spending time with you. But the, the trouble is when you text them, they don't be texting you back. Anybody else get frustrated by that? You're like, I want this so much more than you want this. <laughs> like, nothing makes, uh, this is the truth. Nothing makes me feel more insecure than the people that are horrible at texting but always keep their read receipts on. Like, what kind of person, you're, if this is you, you are literal scum. I don't mind being a bad texting type people. I get that. You're busy. Life's crazy. But if you're going to be bad at texting back, don't put read on. Like, nobody needs to have the answer to their question read at 2.37 p.m. Like, that's not an actual answer. You're a horrible person. But it just, it like, it literally makes me feel insecure. I'm like, well, am I just not a good enough friend? Like, do they not want to hang out? What, what is it? But the reason why that's the truth, I feel like, is because if we look at a a relationship, it it has to have a a two-sided mutual type of communication, right? In in a relationship, it can't just be one person speaking. Inside of a relationship, every communication deserves a response. The reason why that's the case is because you have to let the one who's communicating know that you heard actually what they're communicating, and then you talk back, and that's how conversations happen. There's nothing different about our relationship with God. One of the most important parts about understanding the voice of God is to understand the role and, more importantly, the significance of our response a lot like what we talked about last week, that, that response to the whisper, check this out, may not be an audible response, right? So just because God speaks in one of the numerous ways that he speaks, that doesn't mean that your response is to be like walking out in public. And I know Christians like this. They're like walking out in public and they're just like, they see something happen and they're like, oh, they see God moving. They're like, mm, I see you, God. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm saying you have to do. You don't have to be weird with it. Because just like, 
The voice of God isn't always an audible call. Your response isn't always an audible response. There are so many different ways to communicate that you heard the call, right? And tonight we're going to look at and explore some of the ways that we respond. The first way, and and this one is is so important, it's going to lay the foundation, really. If you can't get this one right, I don't know if you're going to be able to move on to level two and level three. You need to catch this one. The first way we respond to the voice of God, starting with foundationally, maybe most importantly, is we obey. The first way we respond to the voice of God is we obey. Last week we said, why would God speak new things if we aren't listening to what he already spoke? Y'all remember that? We said he's not going to speak something new when you're not even following what he already spoke. Maybe the more correct way to say that is why would God speak new things if we aren't already obeying what he's already spoken? So it's one thing for us to go back to last week and hear the voice of God by opening up the word. Jesus in John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. In verse 14 it says, and then the word became what? Flesh. Like, so we understand that Jesus is the spoken word of God in flesh. It's one thing to hear Jesus speak by reading the gospels. It's another thing to do what he's saying. There's this scene in John chapter 14 that I want to explore, and it's happening right as Jesus is about to be crucified, and and he's speaking to his disciples as clearly as you've ever seen in the Gospels. Like, usually in the Gospels, Jesus would speak in parables. He'd be like, yo, this story really happens in your life like this. The farmer plants the seed. The seed grows. Okay, tell me the God principle and all that, right? That was how he talked in year one, right? But by this time, he was like, yo, I just got to get clear with you guys. Y'all need to hear what I'm trying to say. I'm about to die. I'm about to, to go away. You need to know this. And this is what he says in verse 23. He says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. That's massive. Guys, we're looking at Jesus speaking as clear as he's ever spoken before. And what does he choose to communicate? He says, yo, anybody who loves me and says they have a relationship with me, they will obey my teaching. So often I feel like we place the qualifications of being a Christian by your church attendance. We place the qualifications of being a Christian on how often you read the Bible or how crunk you can get in worship. I feel like we place the qualifications of being a Christian on so many other things, but Jesus makes it clear, if you love me, you will obey me. He says, my father will love them, the person that obeys, and we will come to them and make our home with them. In John chapter 14, Jesus is giving instructions to the disciples on what to do when he leaves. And the thing he wants to make most clear to his disciples as he's about to leave this earth is that, yo, listen to me. If you catch nothing else, obey me. Obey me. His teachings are what we need to focus on. Why? Because obeying them is such a massive part of being in a relationship with him. This idea is echoed all throughout the entire Bible. 
more specifically in the New Testament, it's so clear. Let's go look at James chapter 1, verse 22. It says this. Do not merely listen to the word so to deceive yourselves. It says what? Do what it says, or in some translations, obey. Don't just do, but obey. Let's look what it says in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. It says, and he replied, blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? Obey it. Hear the word of God and what? Come on, be loud. Hear and what? Obey it. Come on, let's keep going. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life. Check this out. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. And notice that each of these scriptures say obedience to the word of God. And we understand after last week who the word is, Jesus. Obedience to Jesus is the primary way we hear the voice of God, but more importantly, we make it clear that we heard what he spoke. Our obedience is the most common way we respond to God. Some people need to write that down. I didn't see enough notes being taken. Our obedience to the word of God as we just saw all throughout the entire New Testament, our obedience to the teachings of Jesus are the most common ways we respond to the voice of God. So we respond in obedience. Why is that so massive? Because a lot like we said last week, why does God need to continue to speak if you're not acting as if you heard what he spoke? Like, like, why does God, why, why are we so desperate to hear the voice of God if we're not showing any evidence that what we're hearing is actually making sense? You know, <clears throat> this is just what I think. I think some people who really want to hear God in like a desperate kind of supernatural in their feelings type of way, which God does speak like that. I I think a lot of those people that want to like feel God move and speak, the reason why they don't get the feelings that they want is because they haven't passed test one. They're still struggling with lining up their life with the word of God. He's like, I want to give you new things. I want to show you new tests. I want to show more of myself to you, but you're not learning the ABCs. I, I love watching my son play, um, and one of the things that he loves to do is, is he loves to read books, but granted, he's 15 months old, so he can't actually read, and I don't have the heart to tell him, but every time he opens up a book, he, like, turns it backwards. <laughs> like, man, this kid is not that smart, right? <laughs> my wife is like, you're so mean, but it's true. Like, like he just wants to play like, like he's reading, and I'm like, I don't have the heart to tell this guy he's not actually doing anything at all. He's trying to read a novel before he learns his ABCs. I feel like this is us when it comes to hearing the voice of God. We're trying to read a novel, but we, want, we don't want to learn our ABCs. Let's start from where it's simple. Why do you want to complicate it? Like, like, like why does it need to be this big, hocus-pocus, like crazy traumatic, like just crazy session where God's like moving. We want the theatrics, but we need to go back to the elementary. 
Hearing the voice of God 101, behave like you heard what he said. Obey his word. Second way you hear <clears throat> and respond to the voice of God, prayer, prayer. Here's my hot take for tonight, okay? This is my hot take for tonight. Maybe the single greatest indicator of the health of your relationship with Jesus Christ is your personal prayer life. Hot take for tonight, okay? You listening? Maybe the single greatest indicator of your health in your walk with Jesus Christ is your personal prayer life. See, we can, and I said this a little bit earlier because I, I, I've been victim to this often. We can learn scripture because it's the, the, the new end thing to do with our Christian friends. We want them to know that we know everything from atonement to justification and everything in between. We want to know that we can exegete a passage and communicate about what it says in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We want everybody to know we can start at Genesis and go all the way through Revelation, okay? We want them to know that we're sharp. We got our stuff together. We can communicate the things that God talks about. And we just said it's important to know the word and to obey what it's teaching. But here's the thing. So, so often with, with different parts of our walks with Jesus, we can do better at them because we want people to notice. We can serve and go on a mission trip because we want our profile picture on Facebook to have the African kid on our shoulders. Like, we want people to see that, right? So they know we serve and we're good and everything's awesome. You can't fake prayer. No, nobody sees you when you're on your knees for an hour in the mornings. Nobody can witness you communing with God in the quiet. If you're looking at me going, Pastor Jared, I'm going to be honest, I just kind of pray when I'm in the car. Nah. I'm going to be honest, Pastor Jared, I just kind of pray as I'm going through life. Yeah, I get that. But what if the only time you spent with your future spouse was in transit? Well, what if the only quality time you spent with the one person you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with was on your way to do other things? But we expect our relationship with God to look so incredible when all we want to give it is transit. If you want a transcendent relationship, you can't give transient input. That doesn't work. Like, and I'm not going to stay on that too long because I know some people, look, if that's all you're doing right now, if that's where you're starting, that's okay. What I'm saying is getting to a time where you just spend time in prayer is so vital to you growing. And more importantly, it's so vital to you hearing the voice of God. There's this moment in, in Luke where Jesus, uh, he heals a, a, a man who is stricken with leprosy. And back then, 
this was one of the most miraculous things that had ever happened. Like healing a blind man, it was like, that's crazy. Could have been a trick, right? <laughs> like you heal uh, somebody who's paralyzed, it's like, that's fine. Maybe they weren't even really that paralyzed. They were just lazy, right? You can't fake healing somebody with leprosy. Back then, this was the, because here's the thing, if that man wouldn't have gotten healed, after Jesus touched him, Jesus would have then been ostracized the same way as the man with leprosy. So Jesus was going all in in this moment. He touches this guy who has the most uh, uh, contagious disease known to man at the time and says, you know, I'm going to risk everything to heal you. So when he touches him and he heals him, it's a big deal. So you can imagine for Jesus' ministry, things are going insane. This is at the height of everything. And this is what it says. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded you for cleansing as a testimony to them. But then he says this. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So that the crowds of people came to hear him to be healed of their sickness. Jesus' ministry is blowing up. This is the height of his life. Then 16 gives us an interesting picture of Jesus. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So you're telling me that this man just healed the most contagious disease on the face of the planet, and his response is to go pray? He didn't even celebrate? He didn't even post about it? Just go, go, go pray. Okay, go. Why is that important? Here's the truth. If anybody didn't need to pray to God, it was God. Y'all didn't catch that. Jesus was God in flesh. If anybody didn't need to pray to God, it was God. So if Jesus gives us an example of continuously staying connected to God in prayer, I can't imagine what our lives should look like in response. There, this is not the only instance. The moment before Jesus was crucified, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says he's praying. In order to hear the voice of God. There was one person on the face of the planet that didn't need to be rooted in prayer. It was Jesus. All the more reason why we should look at his example and go, man, there's something to this. Paul even says this in 1 Thessalonians. He says, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Why is that so important? Because if God is going to communicate with us, we have to make it a priority to communicate back to him. If obedience is evidence that we heard what he spoke, prayer is how we talk back. Check this out. I started this point by saying, yo, prayer might be the single greatest indicator of your health and your walk with Jesus, I need you to know if you don't have a personal prayer life, that's something that has to be at the center of your relationship with God. If you want to hear God's voice, 
Prayer is not a maybe or something you do in the car. Carve out time in your life where you make prayer a priority. And it's going to feel weird at first, okay? You're going to feel like you're just being quiet. But sometimes it's in the quiet where God reveals himself. Make prayer the foundation and you'll see God's voice so much clearer. Third, and let's close like this. This is the last way we respond to the voice of God. Worship. The third way we respond to the voice of God is worship. There's so much uh, confusion about this thought. Like, what is worship? Does it only happen at church on Wednesdays and Sundays? Like, like what does it look like? What is it exactly? Is it just music or, or came out? Because I've heard, Pastor Jared, I heard people say, what you call work, I call worship. So, like, is, is being an engineer, like, worship? Like, I don't know. What is worship, Pastor Jared? I don't really know. I don't really understand. There are so many ways that we worship. Giving is worship, right? Serving is worship. But I want to look at something specific tonight. Because I feel like, 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 like if you're in church, you've heard it talked about before. Worship is all these, so many things, but nobody actually talks about what we do up here. The praise and worship aspect of meeting with God. For a time, I felt like maybe we made more of this than maybe need be. But right now, with this generation, I feel like we're minimizing the power that could come from worshiping in spirit and in truth. Praise and worship is such a beautiful way to respond to the voice of God. See, the truth is, when it comes to, to, to music, oftentimes it can be overhyped and underutilized. Concerts are bigger than ever. Festivals are bigger than ever. But we're missing the point of what we're actually doing. Why do I need to do this? Why, why do I feel like this is so specific for the people that are emotionally moved. Look, you don't have to be an emotional person to be expressive in worship. Check this out, guys. There's nothing I can look at oftentimes in my own life and say, you know what? That's kind of showing me some clear steps then when I see how I respond in worship, when I'm just acting as if this is just another service, I know something's wrong here. Why? Because you can't truly worship God and not be hearing his voice. A lot like prayer, it's hard to fake true worship. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, The author of Hebrews gives us this picture of what it looks like to praise God and give him thanks. It says, through him, talking about Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit 
of lips that give thanks to His name. That word giving thanks in the Greek is literally talking about a confession. There's like a legal connotation there. It's a, it's a confession, speaking the truth as if your life depended on it. See, what you're doing when you sing these songs and they put the lyrics on the screen is you're reminding yourself of what truth is. If you hadn't already this week, you're inputting truth in your life so you can stay aligned with who God is. The importance of worship is that this is such a beautiful way we respond, giving thanks and confessing the goodness of God. Because here's the truth. When we confess who God is, it's not as if he needs the reminder, right? Like when we worship, people are like, why we worship? It's not to remind Jesus. He knows. It's to keep us in alignment. I feel like the mistake that we make especially when we come into these doors, is it takes us two or three songs to really get warmed up. And then on that last one, we'll give them a hand raise. And it's like, okay, this is cool. Okay. I wish we could fast forward in the future and then look back on these moments. And think about the times that we miss giving thanks and praise to God for who he is. Because we're worried about who's next to us. Because we're worried about if it's too emotional. Because we're worried about if people think we're weird. I wish we could look back and realize what worship could have done to realign us with who God is. Tonight we're going to worship to end tonight in this series. My hope for you is that as you begin to hear God's voice, because listen, here's the truth. God's been speaking this entire series straight through his word. He's been speaking. The question is, will you respond? It's not enough for him to just keep speaking and speaking and speaking. Tonight, it's your opportunity to respond. So wherever you are, can you just stand up tonight? Can you stand up?